great day, man. It's always a good day to be a Cougar, but today is a great day. Yes, Phil Knight sharing the love with BYU in a lot of ways, actually. Mm-hmm. A loaded Saturday show lineup. Game day for BYU men's basketball going for 20 wins. Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler will join us in 15 minutes. How big of a role will the cliche rest versus rust play in tonight's game? BYU Deputy Associate Athletic Director Brian Santiago, as Jaron mentioned, joins us in 30 minutes. He'll tell us why Nike and BYU upped the ante in this most recent extension and how it changes things for the athletic department moving forward, plus Jaron and I working to break the tie in our and one picks. Did you get all that? Did yeah. you get all that? Yeah, I'm on the show. I know what we're going to do. All right. Bring on the Saturday <laughs> BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball opening West Coast Conference tournament play against the number seven seed San Diego at midnight Eastern. Listen on BYU Radio. The Toreros will play a third game in three days after beating Portland and Santa Clara to make this quarterfinal showdown. The winner of BYU San Diego will face two seed St. Mary's in Monday's semifinal pregame coverage of tonight's game begins at 11:30 p.m. Eastern again on BYU Radio. BYU has renewed its contract with Nike for seven more years through the 2025-26 season. The contract doubles the previous annual value. Wow. And will give BYU annual cash compensation. More on the Nike deal coming up and what's trending. Number 10, BYU men's volleyball earns the biggest win of the season, upsetting number three, UC Irvine. Three sets to one last night to remain unbeaten at home. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the Cougars with 23 kills while freshman... Davide Gardini added 21 kills and four blocks. The 9-5 Cougars host Irvine again tonight in the Smithfield House at 9 p.m. Eastern. Big win for BYU. Well done. And the Batcats beat Milwaukee 14-6 in a five-inning game ended early due to snow. Our boy Jackson Clough, who was on the show earlier this week with the karma, uh-huh. went three for three. Three ribbies. Of course he did. Game three of the series was supposed to be played yesterday. They canceled that one. So the final game, or game four, which has become game three, uh, is scheduled for 1 Eastern today. You can listen on BYU Radio. Shep Dizzle has it covered. And it's snowing still in Provo, apparently. So it good luck. not snowing well, in Las More Vegas. on how they even played the game in my Rise and Shout Out later. Yes. Pretty cool tech. BYU baseball uh, getting it done in a lot of ways. The right ways. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Luck be a lady tonight. The Vegas experts have just opened with BYU as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against San Diego. KenPalm.com gives BYU a 55% chance of winning, Yeah, he does. And Mr. Pomeroy's formula projects a two-point BYU victory. Is all of this fair? Probably, because we're at the tourney. And it can just, it can get weird. Here's what's going for BYU. One, BYU's fresh, okay? San Diego's played two games in a row the last two days. I think in the second half, BYU pushed the tempo a little bit. The Cougars will have an advantage in terms of the legs, the juice, the energy, right? How much is left in the tank? BYU's 2-0 against San Diego. You could argue that could work against BYU. Uh, You could argue it's four. I think the game plan and the scouting report is ready. Like, how much does BYU have to add to what they already planned for last Saturday when they won 14 uh, by 14 in Provo, okay? Third game versus San Diego in 23 days. This is a very familiar opponent. BYU won both in the regular season. It's tourney time. Dave Rose is 11-2 in these situations, the first game of a tournament. Um, The last loss in this tourney was to San Diego. Granted, it was six years ago. 
But I feel good about BYU's chances tonight. Yet, I would acknowledge that if it's close, I won't be surprised because it can get weird here. It's March. Perhaps, like you said, the wild card team in the NFL, it's like, do they have an advantage? They get warmed up the week before. They play the team that had a bye, even though that team's better. Blah, blah, blah. I think BYU come out ready to go tonight. Does the stat of the day make you feel better about BYU's chances tonight? It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is 10-0 versus non-St. Franzaga teams this season. So that's non-Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San San Francisco. Francisco. We always had San Fran in there, but because they were top four and kind of challenging. Yeah. So BYU has not lost a game like this all year. In conference play, right? Exactly. I'd put the line probably at around four. I think it's a little bit low because there is something to be said about San Diego having to play a third game in three days. The Toreros are tough, and they're experienced. they got a ton of seniors. Their point guard, Isaiah Wright, is one of the iron men in the league. He plays basically every minute of every game, so I'm not so sure that Isaiah will be tired tonight, but I think his teammates will be tired, and that will manifest itself in the second half. Three games in three days against the BYU team that is on a full week of rest and certainly motivated to get to 20 wins and another chance to take on St. Mary's and play the spoiler card for their NCAA tournament hopes. I think BYU wears down San Diego in the second half. I'd start the line at about four points. I mean, BYU had a big lead at home, and then it got down to around that four or five mark in Provo. But the, but it ended up 14. It ended up 14. And I think that we might see something similar tonight. Close game, second half, uh, BYU starts to pull away a little bit right at the very end. Okay, we know Yoli Childs and TJ Haas are the big two for Brigham. We've screamed from this Rammy Umptum all year, BYU needs a third score. They need a third score. They don't really have one. Spencer, can BYU win uh, this game with Yoli Childs, TJ Haas having big games, and nobody else? As far as tonight goes, yes. BYU with Yoli Childs and TJ Haas playing well, good enough to beat San Diego. They are enough of a double threat to carry the Cougars over the Toreros. If BYU wants to beat a team like St. Mary's on a neutral floor, however— they're going to need three scores and double figures. Yeah. They will need a third to step up. And if BYU has any prayer under the high heavens of competing with Gonzaga. And oh, let's just get there. First. Dare I say beating Gonzaga what? in a hypothetical championship game. The minimum, the minimum would be a big three performance because Gonzaga has a big nine. Okay. <laughs> they have a big roster. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like the eighth guy would start at Brigham. Now, here's the encouraging thing. I think BYU has a number of guys that could step in and be that third guy. Yes. I'm a little discouraged by the inconsistency of said third scorer because do you know who the third leading scorer is on the team? Go ahead. I'll wait. Go ahead. It's Josh Hardnett. Oh, Josh okay. Hardnett's third leading scorer? Still? 9.7? Like, that's a little weird for me. Um, Gavin Baxter is kind of the next guy. He's on two weeks rest, by the way, but one of those was a miserable week. We'll see how long he plays at a time. Dave Rose told us earlier in the week, I'm going to have to watch his minutes a little bit. Nick Emery would be my answer typically. Obviously, this has been an off year for Nick. He's averaging 6.3 a game, missed the first nine, went through a lot off the court. It has obviously affected him on the court. And uh, BYU has been able to finish in second, get the three seed, um, you know, despite that. And so anything that Nick gives, I think, is kind of a bonus at this point. I'm not sure we can expect him to be the third leading scorer and have a big game. But when these lights are on, Nick has played in a lot of big games in high school and now uh, in college. Hopefully we can see the Nick that can give us something here. If it's not him, Zach Selyus or Connor Harding, yes. like, can one of these guys be 
a 12-point guy off the bench or something. And I'm interested to see if BYU sticks with the same starting lineup, by the way. I, I would think they would keep Nick in the starting lineup. Connor Harding, first tournament. Gavin Baxter, first tournament. Zach Selyus has been here. Hopefully he can do a little something. I, I'm not sure who it is. I don't know who it is, but I'm with you. BYU doesn't need a third-leading scorer guy to have 10-plus whatever tonight. It's on Monday when they need it. Yoli and TJ can carry the Cougars tonight. and I think Those are broad will. shoulders. I think they will. Yeah, absolutely. McKay Cannon. I want to throw his name out there, too. Can the guy he that's make a down couple threes. of threes? Yeah. yeah. Even balanced scoring. Like, if you give me Nick Emery with six and Gavin Baxter with eight and McKay Cannon with eight and Zach Selyus yeah. with nine, like, that's sure. going to be very, very good for BYU. McKay's not a 10-a-game guy. He's a, I'm going to hit two threes and play, some and good play defense. really good defense. Absolutely. Yeah, as far as tonight goes, yes. TJ and Yoli can get it done, and I expect them to get it done. Now, what if they don't? That's the concern. They, they have been. They've been playing at such high level, and I'll address that in my N one picks coming up later, but they need, they need to have a big game. That way you don't have to rely on, hey, Connor Harding, we need you here a little more. The pressure is on those two to perform, and they can handle it. They can handle it. And how much does San Diego have left in the tank? Jerem, BYU just did it. Yeah! Go renewed the contract with Nike for seven years, extending through the 2025-2026 season. Everyone's Nike wardrobe is safe for a good long while. The contract <laughs> doubles the previous annual value and will give BYU needed annual cash compensation. Nike CEO Phil Knight, who has a net worth of $30 billion, by the way. That's with a B. $30 billion. Wow. Was quoted as saying the following about BYU and this deal. We've had a relationship with BYU for nearly 40 years now. We don't have a better relationship in the country than the one we have with BYU. What? We are very proud of it. We love the relationship and the program. End quote. Jerem, do you think Phil Knight loves BYU more than Oregon? Okay, I put it out there like, wait, what? That sounds like BYU's the number one, like Ramsey's. We don't have a better relationship. What? Really? Uh, Having grown up in Oregon until I was 11 and then I moved and my wife's from Portland, I feel like I can speak from that perspective a little bit. The answer is clearly no. But the idea that Phil Knight would say that, that that... they have a great relationship with BYU. They don't have a better one with anybody else. I would assume then Oregon because he went to Oregon, of course. Sure. That's significant. And in, in the BYU photo kind of article and, and uh, release, it talks about the history of BYU there. Lavelle Edwards and Phil Nine were friends. And there was this cool photo uh, of the two together. 96, BYU uh, signs with Nike for all of its you know gear and apparel and shoes. You know, 99, you know, the bibs were kind of the outlier of this whole thing, but it's been great. And uh, no, he doesn't love BYU more than Oregon. But I was surprised at the level of which uh, BYU stood in the eyes of Nike. I knew that I knew that it was good, but I didn't think it was this good. Oregon's number one, but I think BYU's in the top ten. Ooh, right? that's nice. Okay. That's nice. This is kind of like asking Phil if he loves his wife or kids more. Okay. <laughs> He chooses Penny, okay? Oh, man. Do I have to pick? Oregon is his <laughs> wife. Everybody else after that is a child yeah. or a oh. nephew. or BYU's the basketball in a good arena is named after his son. BYU is a favored child or favored nephew of Phil Knight. Yeah, yeah, nephew. Yeah, I like that. I okay? like that. But it's fantastic that he speaks so highly of the Cougars. Impressive. And, yes, a shout-out to his great relationship with Lavelle Edwards. Here's to Lavelle for starting this. This sprites for you. 
Deputy Athletic Director and Associate Athletic Director Brian Santiago will tell us what all of this means for the health of the BYU Athletic Department in 20 minutes. It's great news. I love that the swoosh is still with BYU. Let's acknowledge, too, that in all the photos that were taken, what color did BYU wear? Royal! BYU's not moving to Royal as the primary color. That would be a multi-million dollar decision. Okay, You don't have to change so much. But you can use it as an alternative all you want, which is great. And we all love the Royal. Like, if you don't love the Royal, I don't know that you're a real BYU fan. I'll be honest. Royals become like 50% of the time now is what it feels like. I don't feel like it's that high with no? all the sports. With basketball, you- maybe it's because of the recency bias of basketball. They wear the throwbacks a lot. And even when they wear the white yeah. uniforms, it's typically I'm, with royal lettering. I'm thinking all sports. It's okay. not even close to 50%. But uh, it's good. It's a good alternative. It's good to have a third thing. You can sell some swag. Everyone loves the kind of old school, right? We're all in love with BYU in the 80s forever. You know, that was kind of the the peak time. We're hoping, hoping at some point BYU gets back to something remotely close. I'm not sure it's even possible to some degree, given the way that collegiate athletics have changed. But what hasn't changed is that BYU has this relationship with the number one apparel brand in the world, which is awesome. Yes. The number one goal for BYU athletics tonight is for the swoosh-laden jerseys worn by the BYU basketball players to To get a win against San Diego. And And you know what's elite? What's that? The Nike Elite line that BYU's tied in. That's actually (laughs) elite. Okay. Our question of the day, is it more likely that tonight's BYU-San Diego game is a close game or a blowout? Las Vegas set the line at two and a half points. Mm. Ken Pomeroy calling for a two-point BYU win and a 55% chance for the Cougars to win. Time to hear from you and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at vidandslish on Twitter. Close game because BYU's got sickness in their house. We all need rest. And a blowout game so we could go to bed early would just be against Murphy's Law. Then a smiley face after that. We predict Dale Murphy's game. Law? We predict a close game that will likely go into overtime and us being up way too late. Overtime? Please no. That'd be scary. I think Please BYU's no. playing for an NIT home game, by the way, tonight. If they win, they get to 20 wins. I think they get an NIT. And they probably guarantee themselves a four seed, you would think, at least in the NIT, if they can get to that game against St. Mary's. Yeah, I brought it up, but these are discussions I don't want to ever have. NIT bracketology. Coming up, (laughs) what does the extension with Nike mean for BYU fans and athletics? Well, ask Associate Athletic Director Brian Santiago. And next, Uncle B in Studio V. Oh, he's getting ready. Look at that. Does he think the Cougars, as a two-point favorite, is fair? Look Look at those guns, dude. Wow. He got through security with those? Of course he did. Man, wow. Flex. Look out. It's BYU Sports Nation. In the Gonzaga Invitational tonight on BYU Radio at midnight Eastern. Realistically, more like 1230 a.m. Eastern time, 930 Woo. local time. After the first men's game tonight, pregame on BYU Radio, 1130 Eastern. Get a nap in, man. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Night. You know that song? Of course you do. Now I do. Of course you do. Live from Studio V with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the podcast. You can watch the show whenever you want. It's a beautiful thing, BYUSN.com. Our question of the day, centering on tonight's BYU-San Diego men's basketball game that will take place just behind us. Yeah, maybe we should uh, a go little shoot under around a little bit. 12 hours. Yeah, maybe after the show we'll go shoot around or something. Well, Jeff Toriel 
of the West Coast Conference we're promised still, you that he could find you a basketball. He didn't promise it. He said he'd see what he can do. Okay, and maybe not he, promise. He was probably like, we can't have anybody on the court, sorry. Well, you brought your uh, – you got some Nikes on. I'm you're ready good. to go. Of you're course. good. Hey, you're ready to roll. Of course roll. I do. <laughs> Nike school. Is it more likely that tonight's BYU-San Diego game is a close game or a blowout, and why? Tyson underscore Hunter 123 on Instagram. It could go both, really, because San Diego most likely will be tired and BYU will have more energy than them. But BYU beats them both in both games so far, so they're going to want revenge. The Toreros will want revenge, so they'll try to get ahead or at least keep it close. I I really hope in their huddles they're like, on three, revenge, one, two, three, revenge! Like, that's their rallying cry. Anything Perhaps that they can it do. is. Anything yeah, that they we'll can see. do. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now, high atop the Orleans Arena. Muscles. Is, yes, muscles. Have you lifted in Vegas here? Dual threat animals. Blaine yeah, Fowler. I did. I actually did. You yeah. really did? Yeah, and I'm going to go after we finish this because I've got just a little block of time before we have to come back and get ready to work again. What are you benching right now? I don't bench heavy anymore. Weights is the answer. Yeah, no, I do <laughs> I don't do heavy anymore. I got, I got hurt uh, a few years ago. I was lifting with an old teammate, and he said, "Can you still do three plates?" Uh, uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I can eat three plates." Of course, of course, I can. Which was stupid because I can't. <laughs> so, but you can't admit that. Yeah. So I'm probably strong enough, but my joints aren't good enough. So I got it down, and I started back up with it, and yeah. my shoulder got hurt. So now I just I do the two twenty five test all the time. Now I just put two twenty five. Oh, because on. Like you're at the combine. Yeah, yeah. because two twenty five is something to scoff every at. Every day, every day is the combine. Every day is a combine day for me. Plus, Brian Urlacher told me he never lifted more than 225 once he got in the NFL. Really? Yeah, we did a piece on him, and I said, because he was a ridiculous beast at you New Mexico. You covered him a lot at New Mexico. Yeah, and yeah. and so I saw him. We did a little piece on him when he was with the Bears, and I said, can you still, like, bench 470? And he said, oh, no, no, I haven't lifted more than 225 since I got out of school. He said, I just, I just don't yeah. want to get. So he just really explosive, high rep lifts, and he goes, I'm plenty strong to play in the NFL. And I go, yeah, yeah. no. No kidding, right? Yeah, he's plenty, plenty strong, plenty fast, <laughs> plenty talented. But, Hall of Famer. But he just he did lighter weights and did high reps, and I thought, wow, if Brian Urlacher can play in the NFL and do it, what am I trying to bench three yeah, plates no. for and get hurt? Stupid. That's that used point. to be St. Mary's non-conference schedule, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, lower weight, higher reps. Yeah, ex- exactly. 28 wins, we don't get in, but now it's changed, right? Um, we'll yeah, talk few, about that. It'd be interesting if they get it. fewer wins this year, and there's, there's but a really harder good chance, schedule. Yeah. Really good chance they're going to get in because the metrics are a lot better. And this is everybody's been yeah, screaming we'll that at them for years. And I, I hope I hope they get in with fewer wins just to prove that that point was right. They needed to sure. play a better schedule. That it's Go who ahead. you play, and, not yeah. if you win. Yes, and when we when we lift weights next, Blaine. Yes, because this is a common occurrence. You and I usually it play is? golf together. <laughs> we play golf, but we don't lift. Yeah, I was like, what? 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 You can go ahead and throw on three plates. Okay, throw on those three fifteens for me. Okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the two and a half. So I'll take those. Here's yeah. the problem: there aren't fifteen pound plates. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Shoot. There's a five. There's a ten. There's a twenty five. Right. Yeah. And a yeah. 30, 35, well, thirty-five and a forty-five. Trust me, yes. even I know that. So the Come fact on. that he said throw on fifteens <laughs> tells you everything right yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. He's the guy that puts the little ones on the inside and the big ones on the outside. Like we walk through the gym, and if you don't, you don't start big and move to small. So like that, you look at him and you go, "Somebody should pull their gym pass. This yes. is ridiculous. Yes. That, okay. You can't go little on the inside and big on the outside. Come on." Yeah, my analogy with that is BYU football has a lot of plates on the inside in September, and then you go to October, yeah, and then oh, it goes to November, and it's thin, right? So. Hey, it's built the right way if you're lifting at the gym. Yeah, but they ain't. Yeah, okay. Big plates on the inside. Let's talk BYU hoops. So tonight, BYU in San Diego. BYU finally plays. We've been here for a couple days. BYU mm-hmm. finally plays tonight. 
Uh, the line is two and a half from Vegas. BYU won both meetings. What do you think of the matchup? Yeah, it's it's going to be really good because I think San Diego's playing with a ton of confidence right now, and they start four seniors. I've had both games that they've played in here in the tournament. They're playing the best defense they've played all season long. That's why I think Vegas and, and Ken Palm, these guys, have it that close. The, the thing that is good for BYU, when I'm watching the game last night, I'm thinking, what is best for BYU? Is it best for the team that's more talented and a better matchup in San Diego to win because they played a game the night before, or Santa Clara was maybe not as talented but would be better rested. And and in the end, I think I think for BYU it was a toss-up. I, I do think if BYU can play well and get to the 10-minute mark in the second half, that's when you will see three nights in a row start to have an impact on San Diego. Also, BYU is a tougher matchup for San Diego than Santa Clara, than the two teams they've played. Truth. Because BYU does a better job. BYU, Yoli Childs gives them problems. They have a hard time guarding him without fouling him because their big guys struggle to stay in front of him, and then they really struggle to stay in front of T.J. Haas. I mean, we've seen that in the two meetings that they've had with him. Haas with 35 down in the overtime win down there, and then he had 26 in the game in Provo. And Yoli, they just don't have a matchup for Yoli, and and he's just too quick. They have some good bigs, but he just he just goes right by him. And BYU runs that pick and roll where when T.J. comes off of the pick and roll, he turns the corner, and, and talking to Sam Scholl last week when they were up in Provo, he said he's just so hard. He goes, that he's skinny, and his ability to read the defense and understand where he's supposed to go in the defense is one of the best in the league. And so he always gets into the interior, and they get into rotations, and now your defense is broken down. And so I think BYU's a tough matchup for San Diego. As well as they're playing defensively, I think they have a hard time guarding BYU, especially those two. Yeah. That's a tough matchup for them. And in, in the other games... Um, you know, they've had some other people step up, but those two have been huge both games for a reason, and it's because matchups are tough for San Diego. Yeah, Isaiah Pinheiro can match up athletically with Yoli Childs, but he can't guard Yoli Childs the entire time. And Floresca and Yaoyin Masalski matched up on Yoli Childs as a clear advantage BYU. Yeah, and so Pinheiro, who is he's a phenomenal player. He's one of the best players in the league. I love his skill set. He's 6'7", but he's not physical enough to match up with Yoli. So if you get him on Yoli, then Yoli goes inside and just shoots right over the top of him. If you put the big guys in, then Yoli's too quick. Not only does he get mid-range jumpers and maybe a three or two, but but if they come out on the floor and try to cover him, he just blows right by him and dunks at the rim. And so they have a struggle, and everybody in the league has a struggle matching up with Yoli, but they also have a struggle staying in front of T.J. Haas. And their rotations have been really, really good because the guards they've played against in these first two games, they've been able to stay in front of another second or two longer than they do when they've played against T.J. Haas. And and BYU uh, shot a lot of free throws in in the last meeting, and that's because they he gets around the corner, they start to rotate, they just get a little bit late, and now they're fouling because they're not in front of the in front of the guy with the ball. Now, if BYU is to have a third score tonight. Who's most likely to step up into that role? Well, Emery played really well in the last meeting, and Cannon stepped up. And, and talking to Sam Scholl before the last game, he says it's, one, it's always one of those two guys comes up, and they don't have to be big all game long, but when the game's on the line it's coming down the stretch and they lift their uh, effort level defensively and finally stop T.J. and Yoli, it seems like BYU's been able to kick the ball out and Emery would make a big three, or Cannon in the first meeting would make a big three. And so I don't know that they have to go out and be another 15-point scorer, but but it, in a combination of Celius, Emery, and Cannon have to be able to knock down a few open shots 
when that big defensive effort is made and they feel like, man, we held him for a whole shot, shot clock. The backbreakers are when you defend TJ and you defend Yoli and you finally feel like we're down to five seconds in the shot clock and then the TJ kicks the ball out to the outside and Emery, not with that hand, with this hand, Emery knocks down a three or Cannon knocks down a three who's been good at that. Those are backbreakers, and they need those guys to make some shots. They don't have to score 15 or 20. They just have to make some big shots when they're open. Will anyone challenge Gonzaga in this tournament? No. Will, will we have a single-digit game with them? I doubt it. They didn't play a single one in league play. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's Steve and I, Cleveland, were talking about this last night. The difference between this Gonzaga team and the really good teams they've had in the past. Let's remember, they played. In, they, this, they were a Final Four team a couple of years ago. Until yeah. the national championship. Yeah, but... But this team is so good defensively. So they, they get on you, and they, it, they're stifling because they defend every position, one through five. They're just so good defensively. And the team has an edge to it. They play so physical, and they take so much pride defensively. Mark's had some really good offensive teams. This team's skilled like those teams offensively, but this, I believe, is the best defensive team he's had that can just lock people down. So they can afford to miss a few shots. That doesn't bother them at all because they're just going to lock you down, and they're going to get you frustrated. And, and for that reason, they, they just – I don't know that anybody can challenge them this year. They're so deep. They're so good defensively. I don't, I don't know that anybody gets it under, under 10 when it's all said and done. And teams have stayed close through most of the game, and then the way they play defense just wears you down, and then they go on a run. And they, they get you on your heels, and they get out, and I mean, this team really can push the basketball. When they get you on their heels, they turn you over a couple times. And just like that, when you were in a six- or seven-point ball game, it's a 16-point ball game in two minutes. And that's what they've done to everybody this year, with very few exceptions. Tennessee, North Carolina. Also good the, yeah, oh, Those yeah. are acceptable losses. And not, yeah, so, and not in their home gym, which this is kind of their home gym. This is, I, I like that you call it the Gonzaga God. Invitational because I was in the elevator – a couple of days ago with some Gonzaga fans. I said, man, you guys are here early. Your teams aren't even playing. They go, yeah, we we schedule our stuff the year before. So we, this is, we come down, we make a week out of this, and we catch some of the games when we do our thing. And they said, where are you from? I said, well, I, I'm from BYU, but we're here to do the whole tournament. So we're doing games. And they go, well, you know, welcome to the Gonzaga Invitational. They said They it. must watch the they, show, They, they said it. They, they watched the show. I was like, man, this is – but they they have every right to be a little bit – confident <laughs> a little bit every right to be a little bit confident that's a, a fantastic it's a fantastic basketball team and before it's all said and done they, they, they're, they're going to be one seed in the ncaa tournament they have a chance to be the number one overall seed in the yeah. tournament which yeah that's saying something and and well deserved which is crazy hey i know your son gavin is involved uh with boa football in the spring now in a coaching and a mentor role so uh, quickly, what's the word from BYU spring football camp via Gavin and from your own observations? Yeah, I went, I went uh, two days earlier in the week before we got out here to Vegas, and it was fun to watch. Um, you know, a lot of faces that are, not, are out there but aren't practicing, but they're, they're all players that um, really we don't need to see what they can do. It would be nice. Like I would love to have Zach Wilson in spring ball. I think he could really use spring ball. Phenomenal talent. Got great experience last year but you'd like him to get a ton of reps in spring ball. So that hurts a little bit, but we know that he can play, right? And he's out there taking mental reps, and on every play they're talking to him about what would you do and what would you see. And so he's he's taking mental reps every play, but I would love to see him out there. I think it hurts his progress a little bit. But you know what? With that, we get to see Jaron Hall and allow him to develop because he's going to get more reps. Uh, Joe Critchlow's playing really well in spring. And Romney at quarterback, to me in the first two days I was there, I was like, whoa. 
Baylor Romney. This kid can play too. Wow. Gunner's, Gunner's older brother. brother. Big BYU's yeah. back in the quarterback business. They have multiple good guys at that position, which you have to have. And I've been very impressed there. And and um, the other the other posi- the position group that just is eye popping to me is on defensive line. Those guys are in shape. Kyrus Tonga. You, we talk about weightlifting. They were doing a little strength test uh, the week before spring ball, and he threw 600 pounds on the bar uh, and squatted 600 pounds and jumped at the top. Uh-huh. He jumped at the top, and then he was like, well, I can do more than that. And they're like, no, no, that's fine. We're good. You're all good. We, we get it, buddy. You, you don't need to do any more. But he did 600 like you and I warm up with it. <laughs> wow. And, and he looks more fit than I've seen him. And they're, BYU – is very deep on both sides of the ball up front, on the offensive line and defensive line. That's a great place to start. Sure. And there's a lot of skilled players around them that aren't there. We, you know, Kafusi, Isaiah Kafusi and Zane are really going to be fine at outside linebacker, but we're not getting, we're not seeing them in spring ball. So there's a lot of faces missing. Kato is going to be fine at running back. We're not seeing him in spring ball. A lot of faces missing. But the core of what I see, when I look and I go, wow, the offensive line is deep and really good. Holy cow, the defensive line is eye-popping and really good. That's a great spot to be in the offseason. I think BYU makes a big step forward next fall. There's only one appropriate way to end this interview, Blaine, and that's with the countdown. Countdown to the youths. 173. Yeah, on it. Yeah, I was gonna harmonize. I was man. gonna harmonize, hey, but I was on a little it. Blaine, Blaine can sing really well, by the way. That's true fact. Yeah. Wow, that's okay. nice of him. Thanks, Blaine. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. Okay, coming up, it's all tied up as we head into the postseason. Here, who has the better and one picks tonight? And next, BYU Deputy Athletic Director Brian Santiago joins us. How this extension with Nike impacts all of BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. Swoosh. The BYU women's basketball team is so good, they don't even play the first three rounds here. They're going to wait and play Monday. We'll have that for you at 5 Eastern time on BYU TV, getting ready for the BYU women as the two seed in this tournament. All right, they'll take on the winner of Pepperdine and Pacific today. That game also on BYU TV. I'll be on the call with Kristen Kozlowski. Let's keep it rolling with our headlines. BYU men's basketball. Opens West Coast Conference Tournament play against the number seven seed San Diego Midnight Eastern on BYU Radio. The winner of the Cougars and Toreros will face two seed St. Mary's in Monday's semifinal. Pre-game coverage tonight begins at 11.30 Eastern live on BYU Radio. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homel announces BYU has renewed its contract with Nike for seven years through the 25-26 season. The contract doubles the previous annual value and will give BYU annual cash compensation. More on the Nike deal coming up with Brian Santiago. Number 10 ranked BYU men's volleyball with the biggest win of the season, upsetting number 3 UC Irvine three sets to one Big last win. night. They're unbeaten at home. The 9-5 Cougars host number three Irvine again tonight in the Smith Fieldhouse at 9 Eastern. Get that place rocking. That's a big rivalry, BYU and UC Irvine. Yeah, it's awesome. And the Batcats beat Milwaukee 14-6 in a five-inning game ended early due to snow. Our boy Jackson Clough, three for three, three RBIs. Karma. Series finale is scheduled for one Eastern on BYU Radio. So uh, that's coming up right after us. Joining us now, high atop the Orleans Arena, our second guest this morning, BYU Deputy Athletic Director Brian Santiago. Brian, welcome to the show, Brian. That's great to be with you guys. Bright and early. Uh, It is early. The swoosh is back for a long time at BYU. I know you worked really hard on this new contract extension with the uh, the brass at Nike. 
what does this mean for the future of Cougar Athletics, and, and how does this impact it all? Spencer, I think it's really exciting. I think it's exciting not only for the student-athletes and the coaches, uh, but for BYU as a whole. There's a great history going back a number of years with Nike and the people. The relationship with Nike goes far beyond the footwear and apparel and equipment, which we think is the best in the world. Uh, there, there's a relationship there that dates back to Lavelle and Phil and Bill Keller and some of the greats at, at Nike. Phil Knight talked about that, and I was kind of surprised by his quote saying, hey, we don't have a better relationship with anybody. And I, I jokingly put out on Twitter, better than Oregon? You know, I, we know he loves Oregon, but uh, relationships matter, and that yielded another contract for BYU, it sounds uh, like. And the relationship started really with Lavelle and Phil and Bill Keller. And uh, as BYU was coming onto the scene in a big way in football and college football and Nike was kind of new to the market, uh, Lavelle joined forces with Nike and here we are a number of years later and there's a great history and there's a great tradition of great of excellence that uh, started way back and and when when we talk about relationships that relationship with with Phil and and Patty and Lavelle both uh, is a special one one where they spent time together annually they would go on trips together the annual Nike trip for the coaches and they became dear friends uh, before Lavelle passed. It was a pretty unique experience, but uh, Lavelle and Patty and a couple of us flew up to Nike and spent some time with Phil in his office. And uh, you didn't, I always knew they had a close relationship, but when you're actually sitting in the office and listening and watching the two of them go back and forth, you realize that there was a special bond there that, that uh, lasted a lot of years. But that relationship, and Lavelle's got his, Lavelle's got his own bronze on the Nike campus. Anybody that's visited the Nike campus will see there's a bronze of Lavelle Edwards there, and he was kind of a pioneer for Nike in college football. But uh, that that started a great a great tradition, a great number of years with BYU and Nike being great partners. Fantastic stuff. Brian Santiago, BYU Deputy Athletic Director with us on BYU Sports Nation. I know you can't talk specific figures, but we did learn that this essentially doubles the deal that was in place previously. How did you make that happen? How did, how did you get this all to work? Well, I think I think it starts with loyalty. You know, Tom Holman and I feel a lot of loyalty through the years. Tom was a player, wore the swoosh, uh, and has been a great uh, ambassador for Nike. And Tom and I just felt passionate about that loyalty. And the uniqueness of the contract that we had with Nike is that, uh, you know, they have first right. And you kind of find out before the contract's ever up where you stand. And they came strong right from the start and said, this is a really important uh, contract and relationship for us. And we want to make sure that you feel valued and that BYU knows their importance to Nike. And they came strong with a contract that uh, we were really excited about, uh, negotiated a few more deals inside of the contract to make sure that it was a win-win for both sides. And we couldn't be more excited. It, it was It was something that we felt great about you, you when i say you find out in those first few uh negotiations whether or not they really want you uh it was very apparent they wanted us we wanted them and uh we didn't need to go to market because we felt like they were coming to the table with a with a deal that that was a win-win for both sides you do a lot of transactions and negotiations was this uh i guess easier in a way because they came strong up front and you didn't have to shop around well we <laughs> We met, we met together, and initially you kind of start talking about, hey, where we're at, where we're going, 
They want to know what we want out of a deal. We want to know if we're valuable to them. And very early, they basically came to the table and said, listen, this we've got a lot of years together. This deal is going to move forward. We're passionate about BYU. They know that Tom, both of us are extremely passionate about Nike. Uh, I know a lot of people know that I'm, I feel like, part of the you know, the swoosh family. And <laughs> we just, we just uh, felt like this was a win-win. And once they brought all the figures to the table and you realize that the impact it's going to have on all 19 of our sports, all of the student athletes, all of the coaches, everybody's in. It was, uh, it was something that we could get real excited about real fast. And it's real important too, because as a school that prides itself on being a power five equivalent in a lot of ways, this is a big deal in that regard, too, right? Financially and from the brand perspective. Yeah, financially, there's no question. Huge impact. You want to, that's where I talk about the value. You want to feel like you're in the game, right? And uh, they treat us. Part of that relationship is they treat us like we're a Power 5 school. They have included us in many of their Nike Elite programs. Basketball. Their basketball is one of them. Football's been for a long time. We've got track and field. We've got our volleyball programs. We've got a number of our programs that are in that Elite uh, part of Nike that that uh, just is kind of a whole nother level, and when you look at the schools that are a part of that, uh, you start feeling like you're you're in the game. Brian Santiago with us. Uh, there's a basketball game tonight featuring BYU, and we couldn't be more excited because we feel like we've been here for a long time. It's and not it, for like eleven and a half hours from now, but yeah. But still, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's ball night. Uh, what are your emotions like as you prepare to watch BYU take on San Diego for a third time, knowing that the Toreros are, are going to play a third game in three days? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. You know, we had two great games with them during the season. BYU. Uh, will need to be on their game tonight. San Diego's playing very, very well. They're playing very confidently. And uh, the BYU and San Diego played a week ago uh, in Provo, and, and that was a hard-fought game. So I look forward to be a, I look forward to be a very hard-fought, emotional game. This time of year, guys, you're playing for one reason. And BYU knows that they've got one chance, and that's to win three games. And you can't get a chance at Monday, and you don't get a shot at the Zags most likely unless you can take care of business in this first game out. So I know that the players and the coaches are very focused. They're very excited to get on the floor and play. It's a unique tournament format, so you're kind of watching, and you got other teams that have been playing, and you kind of see what's happened already with Pepperdine. Uh, so you, you can you can count on a big-time game tonight. I think everybody's excited about it and ready to get going. Brian, thanks for coming over. I know uh, you've got the uh, West Coast Conference Hall of Honor banquet going on. You're a very busy man. Um, but congratulations again on uh, securing a new Nike deal, and we couldn't be more thrilled. Yeah, yeah. nice job, man. We're we're super excited. Thanks for having me on. Swoosh for life, baby. Yes, sir. Swoosh for life is right. <laughs> they go. just did it, okay? Swoosh over Let's stripes go. is out there, too. Yeah, awesome. Okay, next we have spent a week getting these and one picks ready. So that means we're going to go 0 for 4. Yeah, typically that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, plus, Tic Tac Snow. It's the new rage for BYU baseball. Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The West Coast Conference Basketball Championships continue today on the women's side. It's not the Gonzaga Invitational because BYU's in the mix as well. On BYU TV, four Eastern women's quarterfinals, St. Mary's and LMU first, then Pepperdine and Pacific. Winners match up with BYU and Gonzaga in semis on Monday. Ah, uh, yes. 
We're getting to that point of the bracket where mm-hmm. the games get bigger. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. Is it more likely that tonight's BYU versus San Diego men's basketball game is a close game or a blowout? And why? At Big Red 1-5 on Twitter. Cougars on fresh legs will try to push the tempo until San Diego breaks. Third game in three nights will take its toll. Maybe close for a while, but BYU will make some runs when San Diego gets gassed. I think in the final ten minutes, like Blaine Fowler said, that's when you should look for the difference. Now what's interesting is the trend for BYU over the last four or five games has been to let out the gas a little bit in the final ten minutes. And they haven't played very well. So how does that translate over tonight if it doesn't to try and run it up against san diego yeah it doesn't and it's not as simple as hey push it and they'll be tired it's like no it's not that simple but the attrition over the first 30 minutes and then you get into the fourth quarter if you will i think that's where the difference will manifest itself the most it's time for our and one picks picks predictions and one on BYU Sports Nation. We make two predictions. The first one worth two points. If we get that one right, we're allowed to pick up the extra point with a correct second pick. Standings have us dead even going into tonight's West Coast Conference yeah. quarterfinal. 22 apiece. Jerem, give us your two-pointer. Yoli Childs and TJ Haas will combine for 40-plus points. They average 39.6. I think they carry the load, and they get it done tonight. I hope you're right. I really do, because I think BYU needs that to happen to feel comfortable about winning. And my and one pick. And one! BYU will make seven or fewer threes. I think BYU will get into the paint. It's not going to be a three-point prowess kind of night. BYU averages 7.2 makes per game. I think it's seven or fewer. Okay, so you don't like the conversion rate as they come down and have to shoot on these new baskets. No. I think that's a solid pick. Yeah, Uh, that means they'll make 11 threes. (laughs) Again, this is uh, is how it often goes. That would yield the win, probably. My two-pointer, BYU will win by three points or more. The line is at two and a half. That line feels low, man. I know, it does feel low, but... Now Ken Pomeroy's coming with two. Las Vegas is with two and a half, so I'm like, Ugh. Do we think it's going to be that close, realistically? I, I don't. I, I think, hope not. No, I think BYU covers. I think they do as well. I'll take BYU by three or more. Whistle blows. And one! BYU will have three players score in double figures tonight. There will be a third score into double figures. Okay. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think that it will happen. We have this game. We hopefully have Monday's game, and we hopefully have Tuesday's game, and then at least one more game after that. So we have a minimum of two, a maximum of, who knows, what is it, like nine? Come on. Eight, seven or something? Let's keep this going. Let's keep the competition going. Or not. Depends what the score is. <laughs> Let's have it go as long as it takes. Yeah. Coming up, BYU upsets a top five team. Life is good. And the women's distance medley relay team takes second at nationals. School record. Plus, what to do when it snows in March. BYU baseball has it figured out. And I'm not talking just about winning actual games. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, national champion quarterback Blaine Fowler. Put three plates on that bar. And deputy athletic director at BYU, Brian Santiago. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Apologies to Dennis Pitta. No time for you. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. It's a ball night. Brigham plays San Diego tonight in the Gonzaga Invitational around midnight Eastern. Probably closer to 1230. We'll see. Uh, on BYU Radio, pregame at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Winner gets St. Mary's on Monday. 
You need an occupation where you can just be loud all the time. Because Athletics I, news. I think I've found it. You can project like no other. I've found it. <laughs> BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo announces BYU has renewed its contract with Nike for seven years through the 2025-2026 season. The contract doubles the previous annual value and will give BYU annual cash compensation. A great deal. If you want to know the particulars, see our interview with Brian Santiago. Volleyball. Number 10 men's volleyball upset number 3 UC Irvine in four sets. Gabi Garcia-Fernandez led the team with 23 kills. Freshman Davide Gardini, il padrino, had 21 kills, 4 blocks. The two play tonight again at 9 Eastern. Baseball. The Batcats beat Milwaukee 14-6 in a five-inning game, shortened due to snow. Our guy Jackson Clough with the karma went three for three with three runs batted in. Is there ever a doubt? Game three of the series was a second game and a doubleheader yesterday, but it was canceled and will not be played. The series finale scheduled for one Eastern today, live on BYU Radio. Track and field. It's coming up right it's after six this. Six minutes, yep. yeah. On day one of the Indoor Nationals in Birmingham, Alabama, the Women's Distance Medley Relay Team, or DMR, set a new school record and finished in second place. Awesome. In the 5,000 meters final, three Cougars finished in the top ten. Clayton Young third, Connor McMillan fourth, Connor uh, Mance tenth. Softball. Split a doubleheader yesterday with a 3-2 to two win over Ohio. And a 7-6 loss against Boston. BYU trailed 7-0 in that game, almost came back to win, come up one run short. They play the final game of the UCLA slash Long Beach State Invitational today at 6 p.m. Eastern against highly touted and highly ranked UCLA, a UCLA team that actually deserves the rank. Tennis. The women's team beat Utah State 6-1. Cougars now 6-4 on the season, 3-0 at home. Number 22 men's tennis plays at Boise State, 1 Eastern after a month of home matches. The Cougars have won 9 Rugby. Men's rugby takes on St. Mary's. This afternoon, three Eastern at Southfield. The Cougars looking to make it three straight wins. Former Cougar Josh Anderson and the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby lost 47-21 to Rugby United New York. Anderson scored an 80-meter try in the loss. Whoa. Cougars in pro hoops. Tyler Hawes and Levite Huesca lost to Melilla. Yesterday, Haas scored 13 points and added three rebounds. Huesca next plays March 16th against Granada. Lacrosse. The ladies are playing Colorado State in Provo as we speak. It's 4-4 at the half. The men are in Phoenix to play Grand Canyon at 3 Eastern. Yesterday, Arizona State beat BYU 13-8. Today's rise and shout-outs go to BYU Baseball for me, Jerem, because they are still finding ways to be competitive when the snow is pounding down on the field. It's called tic-tac snow. I guess my next question is, did anybody win, or was it the classic draw? Well, it looks like it's going to be a draw because we're looking at uh, the middle portion. <laughs> with the yeah. Someone so takes I, up two I, squares with a big X. I don't know how it ended, but yeah. Okay, really uh, mine goes out to the heated Larry H. Miller turf field. BYU would not have been able to have played this game yesterday in the past. Beyond last season when they got that field, okay? At 9 a.m., the field was completely covered. Mm-hmm. Five hours later, the, the field is completely melted and ready to play on it, and BYU won 14 Amazing. That is awesome. It was worth it. It was worth it all. And there comes a point where you just can't melt the snow or, or see the pitch, so they had to cancel the next game. But if you could play in the snow in early March, BYU did it. In pro, yeah. Awesome. They, at least they got one in. Our question of the day, is it more likely that tonight's BYU basketball game against San Diego will finish close or in a blowout? Why? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years 
at Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. Three absolutes in life. One death, two taxes, three wild, weird, and close tournament games. Let's hope BYU wins by any margin of one plus and advances to play St. Mary's. And then, boom, Monday we got semifinal Monday against St. Mary's. Love it. Good grief. It's the best, right? Ball night tonight, baby. Let's go. Bring them. Bring it. Bring it. You got the swoosh. You got the quarterfinals. Let's go. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. I will continue my shout-outs to the last BYU basketball team to win a conference tournament title. Happened in 2000-2001. Nathan Cooper's the man today. Go Coops! Bye!